Good morning. I'm Weemla, and today is June the 14th. And this is our day when the big heat wave is uh, coming to town. It's already here. I already had strange behaviors from my squirrels this morning. <clears throat> one of them, I heard a weird noise early this morning, looked out, and one of them was carrying a 32-ounce yoga carton, a yogurt, yogurt carton, trying to get it up the tree, and had gotten it off my patio, which where I must have left it last night. I, I use, a, use those as scoopers for the uh, sunflower seeds that I feed the squirrels. And the squirrel managed to get it out to the tree and carry it all the way up in this very big tree. So when I came out later to see if, if it stayed up in the tree, it was right, it was down on the ground. Uh, so it didn't stay up there, but he carried it all, he or she carried it all the way up. So that's never happened before. So maybe as we hit record highs <clears throat> today, um, we'll see other strange behaviors. So today I'd like to, before we meditate, I'd like to just share with you something that my good friend Tara White uh, had gotten from a retreat she was on at the Siena Center, a five-day silent retreat. It sounded great. And uh, one of the things that they did every day, it, they got together once a day and then meditated together, did centering prayer, and then had the rest of the day and the evening on their own, at, right on Lake Michigan, beautiful spot. But they we're doing a, it, this is a prayer that's been put together. I think it's been, was put together by the Franciscan peacemakers. And so around the world, this is a prayer that people, or uh, setting intentions for the day. Um, at 11 a.m., and I'm assuming that's 11 a.m. Central Time, so you would change your time to do it based on the time zone you were in. This is called a loving kindness prayer, peace prayer for Ukraine. And people are doing it on their own and just uh, joining in with that universal worldwide energy. So we can start with this and I will put it in the comments so you, if you want to use it. Uh, so every day at 11 a.m. there are many, many people and it's only 10 here so I'll do this again uh, at 11. Our intention is that peace in Ukraine will be immediately, completely, and permanently restored to in Ukraine with no further loss of life, and also that the country maintain its sovereignty as an independent democratic nation. I think that can help us uh, in a positive way keep, keep our uh, prayers going and our good thoughts and any kind of uh, any kind of activities or donations that we can do 
to help with the situation in Ukraine, but most of us may be watching uh, news that can be, you know, really difficult for us to even keep watching over and over. But I think having something like this daily intention gives us a more positive way to keep these people in this entire nation in our hearts and all of the all of the living beings who are being uh, influenced by it. And uh, it gives us something that we can do that's joining in with this energy from with others. So why don't we sit and then we will uh, finish our time. I think we'll finish today our time with a book on Deepama. And I just will read some of the question and answers. I read the, I read the one that described uh, metta meditation. So we'll read a little bit of that after we sit. So just find a comfortable position, short sit. Let your body be relaxed. Let your body be supported by your spine. Let your spine feel lifted up. Just lift everything up. Even if you're on your back or even in bed, you can do this. Just get a good stretch and then let, then when you Relax, that spine is straighter and can support you. Roll your shoulders back. And just, if you can, close your eyes and be aware of the body breathing. Be grateful to the body that it's doing this work. Breathe in calm. Breathe out peace. This calm is very important. I think many, many of us these days are um, not feeling as confident about the world as we are used to feeling, maybe not feeling uh, safe, maybe questioning the things we believe in or that we've, we've assumed about the world. And it's, I think it's just a very, uh, a very unusual time in our world. We've had so many things with the pandemic and with politics and with wars and uh, climate change, I think we're carrying heavy loads of a kind of insecurity and maybe feeling a little loss. And I think if we can manage, if you can do a short breathing meditation every day, this is a, a way to help us deal with so much of the stress or the anxiety. Just be with the breath. And 
and allow yourself to relax into the breath, letting everything else go. And this is a universal practice. Doesn't matter where you live or your spiritual path or your religion. Give yourself permission to let go of your to-do list, to let go of busyness, just for this short time. As we end our short meditation, let's send merit. And then we're also setting our own intentions. May everything I do and say and think be done not only for my own benefit today, 
but also for the benefit of all sentient beings, all beings everywhere throughout the universe, human and non-human, visible and invisible. May my actions be a refuge, not only for myself, but for all others. Thank you. So now let's check in with Deepa Ma. I think she's a perfect example of for us of, uh, you know, right now we're going through, probably for most of us, we're going through what feels like turbulent times or maybe disturbing. We feel uh, kind of a lot of uh, agitation and disturbing emotions just from the situation we see in the world and kind of refinding our place after the pandemic. And uh, Deepa Ma, just her life story is really one of those wonderful lessons for us of someone who had such a rough early life and had so many problems, lost so many children that she uh, either miscarried or they were born right after, they died right after their birth and lost her husband when he was very young and uh, raised her daughter, her one daughter, Deepa. So the name Deepa Ma in India would mean Deepa's mother. So that's how she that's the name she had for the rest of her life and was known around the world as Deepama. Um, but she went from having a really rough, difficult, painful, physically uh, very hard life to becoming uh, what is she's considered a saint. She's an enlightened being. And she did that as a single mom raising her daughter uh, with and lived in a very, very tiny, crowded uh, community, very tiny apartment, and she had the respect of people all over the world and helped so many other people on their path. And I guess you could say she encountered pretty much the, the bulk of the kind of difficulties someone could have in a human life and, uh, and managed to find that stability because emotionally with all the things that happened to her when she was a younger woman her health was very bad you know she suffered a great deal and gradually with her meditation training and having really good teachers who recognized her her grit uh, she lifted herself up out of that sadness and made a beautiful life and helped other people have that life. So what we're looking at, if, if your world feels like, wow, there's too much change going on and this is difficult and I'm not quite sure what I'm feeling, um, you can think about and learn about, read about people like Deepa Ma and just see how, how possible it is for all of us we may only be suffering a kind of a temporary, like dis-ease of changing conditions in the world. And um, 
when we can read about someone like Deepa Ma, who had everything, everything that she ever had pulled out from under her feet, but how she overcame those obstacles, and um, how she overcame them and actually, you know, rose rose so far above them with her own practice and her own influence. So. She's an inspiration, so I'm glad we're. Um, I'm glad we've been reading about her. So, she, we talked about her meta practice, meta meditation, and here are a few other questions. Her uh, Q and A from her. So that will. This will probably take her time. Let me check the clock. Yeah, we need to. How do I practice Vipassana, which means insight, insight meditation? Sit with your back straight, close your eyes and follow the rising and falling, the rising and falling of the abdomen as you breathe. These are the teachers in Burma that she studied with. They worked with the abdomen, feeling the breath in the abdomen. You know, we often use feeling the breath just uh, around our nostrils. Feel the breath. When watching the breathing in and out, ask yourself, where is, is the touch of the breath? Keep your mind on the touch only. You are to do nothing with the breathing, only feel the touch. If it is heavy, let it be heavy. If it is short, let it be short. If it is fine, let it be fine. Just feel it. When your mind wanders away, notice this and say to yourself, thinking. And then come back again to the rising and falling of the breath. If you feel a sensation somewhere else, like pain in the leg, then take your mind to the pain and note pain. And when it goes away or fades, then again come to watching the touch of the breath. If restlessness comes, note restlessness. If you hear a noise, say to yourself, hearing, hearing. Then again, come back to the feeling of the breath. If memories come, Know them as memories. Anything you see, anything that comes to mind, just be aware of it. If you see visions or lights, just note seeing or lights. There is no need to keep any of it to make it stay. Simply observe. In insight meditation, you are observing the rising and falling of the breath and the phenomena that arise in the mind and body. So there is a shifting of the mind from sensations felt, both painful and pleasurable, to thoughts as well. Whatever is happening is to be noticed. Then that will go away and another thing will come. In this way, insight practice is a method of observation. All six senses, the mind being the six, will arise. Just watch them arise and pass away 
and come back to the feeling of the breath. Anything you see, anything that comes to mind, just be aware of it. What is the purpose of insight meditation? The purpose of insight meditation is to eliminate the ten fetters, which are the knots or obstructions in your mind. Very slowly, by observing every moment with awareness, you come to open these knots. The ten fetters are self-illusion, that is, the illusion of a separate self. Doubt, so uh, the illusion of a... Let me read that again. The ten fetters are self... self-illusion, she calls it. That is, the illusion of a separate self. And here are the ten. Doubt, attachment to rites and rituals, lust, ill will, craving, craving for fine material existence, conceit, restlessness, ignorance. At each stage of, at each stage of enlightenment, slowly, one by one, some of the fetters are extinguished until the fourth stage, or arahantship, when all the fetters are gone. The fetters are related to birth in the same way that oil feeds the light of a lamp. The fetters are like oil in your mind. As the oil becomes less and less, the light from the wick becomes less and less. Finally, when the oil is gone, the light is gone. Once they are extinguished, the cycle of rebirth ends. From this you can understand that birth and rebirth are in your hands. What should I do if I fall asleep during my sitting practice? There is no harm in this. Yogis sometimes sleep in this way. It is called yogi sleep. This happens. Don't worry about it. When I first started doing meditation, I was always crying because I wanted to follow the instructions with full vigor and enthusiasm, but I could not due to sleepiness. I could not even do standing and walking meditation properly due to sleepiness. For five years prior to this time, I had tried to sleep, but could not. And now here I was, trying to do meditation, and sleepiness was keeping me from it. I was using my full energy to drive away the sleepiness, but still I could not do it. Then one day, all of a sudden, I came to such a state that my sleepiness disappeared, and no sleep came to me, even if I sat for some hours. Is karma like an accounting record that is stored? If so, where is it stored? Everybody has the wheel of karma. It is in your own hands. Nobody can store it. As you act, it is stored. It flows on with the stream of consciousness. The day you take birth, this karma comes with you. Others can only show you the way. They cannot change your karma. No one can willing, willfully take on the karma of another. You have to do the work. Because of karma, some people progress quickly 
and some progress slowly in meditation. Some have a lot of pain and some don't. If there is no soul, then who sees, hears, and knows? And our answer is wisdom. Let's see. Let me read. Okay, I have time to read a few more. These are so good. Our answers are wonderful. What should one do when energy and effort are low? Sometimes the energy will be low. Sometimes the energy energy will be high. Sometimes the effort will be low. Sometimes the effort will be high. But you are to note only low energy, low effort. If you notice it when it is low, automatically it will be corrected. So just note low energy, low energy. No low energy or high energy until a sort of medium energy, medium effort is there. It should be done quietly, slowly, and with ease. Energy and effort are regulated by noticing them. One should not be a victim of energies. That's a great answer. How can you love and not attach at the same time? Okay, everyone has this question, right? A simple example is that of water. Non-attachment means you flow on top of the water. You don't plunge into it. You stay afloat without going under. Is it true that a meditator needs a vegetarian diet? The question of vegetarian or non-vegetarian does not matter. What matters is the mentality. Even if you take a vegetarian diet, with a mind polluted with greed or hatred or delusion, your vegetarian diet will become a non-vegetarian diet. This is what the Buddha taught. If your mind is free from greed and hatred, your non-vegetarian diet will become a vegetarian diet for you. For any action, physical, verbal, or mental, the Buddha gave the importance to intention. Sometimes I feel suicidal and depressed. Depression and suicidal feelings are a disease. It happens sometimes even to a highly developed meditator. Try to develop a practical outlook. On the one hand, you must know the result of committing suicide. It is an act from which you cannot rescue yourself for many successive rebirths. Also try to remember that human life is most precious. Don't waste it. Better to engage yourself in Vipassana and be happy. Is intelligence important to progress in meditation? No, I have no intellect at all and I didn't know anything about meditation or states of consciousness. I had a simple faith in the Dhamma. I felt there was something there for me. With this simple faith, I began. What is the use of mindfulness? Let me tell you an example. If I told you there was some jewelry hidden somewhere, somewhere here, and I ask you to go and collect it, 
You would leave your house and go to where it was hidden. On the way to find the jewelry, you might see a fight break out, and you would stop and watch. But after a while, you would proceed. You might see a marriage party going by with their drums, and you would stand there. But again, after a while, you would proceed. You might see a street rally, and you would stop and later proceed. If you are not mindful, you cannot reach your destination to collect the jewelry. I have asked you to get the jewelry I have asked you to get. But whenever there is mindfulness, even if there are interruptions and obstacles, you will not get lost. You will proceed on. Mindfulness allows you to reach your goal. It is the great vocation in life which leads to the end of suffering. Isn't that a beautiful example? Did most of the important changes in your life come about during times of intense practice or as you lived your daily life in a meditative way? The great changes happened during intensive training and then I cultivated them in my daily life. They became deeper and deeper that way. Did your sorrow and lamentation slowly drop away, or did it hap happen quickly as a result of an insight? Gradually, I could feel it was going away. And then after more meditation practice, I acquired some wisdom, and the whole thing disappeared. Who should teach meditation? There are two things for teaching. One is knowledge and understanding. The other is attainment, first or second stage of enlightenment. And then the rest of this says the following answer is Jack Cornfield's paraphrase of the rest of Deepama's answer. The paramis, the perfected virtues for being a teacher, are different from the paramis for practice. Basically, they are different skills. Some people may have quite good potential in their meditation and their spiritual life, and others might have a fine ability to communicate and teach. The two aren't necessarily the same, but for someone to teach, they would hopefully have both qualities of good and deep experience in their spiritual life and the capacity to communicate it to others. What is the best thing to do when sense desires are strong? Meditate and focus your attention on them directly. Know that they are strong. Get to know them. Through knowing sense desire when it occurs, you can overcome it. You can stay in the world of sense desires and still be a good Buddhist because you can be out of the world at the same time in the sense of not being drawn in or attached. Has your basic understanding of life changed? My outlook has changed greatly. Before, I was too attached to everything. I was possessive. I wanted things. But now it feels like I'm floating, detached. I am here, but I don't want things. I don't want to possess anything. I'm living, that's all. That's enough. A wonderful answer to. And then the next question is how do I practice metta meditation, which we read. So those are all of the Q and A.
from this wonderful woman. This is uh, these were recorded. These questions and answers were recorded in interviews with Deepa Ma in India in the 1970s, and at Insight Meditation Society in Bari, Massachusetts, in the 1980s. So, Deepa Ma could be a great role model for all of us, not just in this maybe difficult kind of time of change that we're going through in the world, but uh, any time. We all have difficulties in our lives at different times, or stresses may be different, or uh, our energy our energy levels may be different. I really liked her comment that it's really important to, to um, be aware of our energy levels and, and just be aware of that when we're feeling and being aware of the body so we can begin to moderate that. So um, I think, I hope all of you have some kind of inspiration from Deepa Ma and can carry that with you because I think she's a, she's a very important woman that we can all, uh, we can all learn from. So thank you so much and have a, have a great day. Don't get, don't get overheated, stay cool. And uh, hopefully the whole world will, everyone in the whole world will not be overheated during all this heat that's becoming dangerous. And uh, if you, I heard someone on the news yesterday say, if you have a dog outside, which I think don't have a dog outside when it's as hot as it is, um, but if you have a dog or pets outside, you can freeze a big jug of water and if you put it where the pets are, that they often will just kind of lean against it and it helps cool them off. So I'd never heard that before. Um, so I don't know if, my, if the squirrels outside or the bird, I keep cool water out there for them, but I don't know if they might need a jug of ice to, be, to get a little bit of a coolness. We'll see how the day goes. Thank you so much for being a big part of my practice. And I'll see you, I'll see you Thursday.